It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 98 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. I hope everyone had a fun Halloween. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to our Halloween special, be sure to give it a listen. This week, we're doing something a bit different. A very short-lived radio show called The Nebs appeared in the fall of 1945 for only four episodes. Now, The Nebs started out as a comic strip created by Saul Hess. Hess was a good friend of Sidney Smith, who had created the famous comic strip The Gumps, which ran in hundreds of newspapers from 1917 to 1959, and he had contributed several gags to that strip over the years. Well, when Hess saw how well the Gumps did, he decided to create his own strip, and the Nebs was born in 1923, consisting of a family very similar to that of the Gumps, an average typical American family that some critics saw as a blatant copy of the other strip, down to the number of family members. Even the name Neb was similar to Gump. Neb is short for Nebish, a Yiddish word for someone who doesn't stand out in any noticeable way. The comic strip did fairly well and appeared in about 500 newspapers before being merged with another strip in the early 40s. Then once Hess died in 1941, his daughter took over and the strip continued until 1947 when it was dropped and the characters only appeared as minor roles in another strip called The Tootle Family. The Nebs did, however, spawn its own radio show of the same name in 1945, but it only ran for four episodes before disappearing. The show stars Kathleen and Jean Lockhart as Rudy and Fanny Nebs, as well as Ruth Perrot, Francis Trout, and Dick Ryan. This week, we're going to celebrate that short-lived show by featuring a two-part podcast. Today is part one, featuring the October 7th and October 14th shows, and then Wednesday will feature part two. So sit back and relax for the first two episodes of The Nebs. Sistex presents Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as Rudy and Fanny Nell. Ah, oh, Fanny, that was a wonderful Sunday lunch today. How in the world did you make such delicious chicken salad? Oh, I made it with a can of tuna. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I want to do now is listen to the World Series game. Oh, Rudy, why do you want to listen to an old ball game? Well, if I don't listen, how will I know what the score is? Well, Rudy, did you ever know? <laughs> there you are, folks, the Neb, straight from America's famous comic strip, with Junior, Obie Slider, and all the others you've laughed, worried, and adventured with for 22 years. On this peaceful Sunday afternoon, we find the Nebs at home, and Rudy is listening to the World Series. Here they are. Rudy, what are they yelling and swooning for? Why, they got three men on base and Greenberg's at bat. Now, shh. Oh, I thought they'd discovered Frank Sinatra in the crowd. Now, just be quiet, Fanny, and listen. Now the bases are loaded with two men out. Big Hank Greenberg is waiting for the next pitch. The count is three balls and two strikes, and here it comes. Greenberg connects with it, and the ball plays. Fanny, Fanny. 
Oh, what's happened? Why, the radio's quit. Oh, what am I going to do? Maybe if I shake it. Oh, Rudy, what are you doing? Trying to make it into kindling? Uh, quick, Fanny, get in my tool chest there while I locate the trouble. All right. I'll have to take some of these parts out. Uh, let me see now. I'll, I'll put the tubes over here. And this gadget here. And these little screws, I've got to keep them separate. I'll, I'll just hold them in my mouth. Here are the tools, Judy. And thanks. I'll have it fixed in no time. Oh, you won't if you keep swallowing those nuts and bolts. Well, now, Fanny, I've got to put them somewhere. And there's no more room on the floor. Oh, I guess there is room on the floor at that. Well, now, you just get busy and pick all those up. No. You know our friends always drop in on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Anyway, I don't think you should be working at a radio on Sunday. Well, maybe I'll be forgiven if I get it fixed in time to listen to tonight's sermon. Now, let me see. Uh, where does this piece go? It doesn't go there. That's a piece of Junior's roller skate. Uh. <laughs> well, it fits better on the radio. Oh, shucks, what an awful time for the radio to go haywire, right at the most exciting part of the game, when the score was one to one and a third. Now, I'll never know what happened. You'll hear about it from Obie or Herb or Ambie Potts or somebody. Ambie Potts. Ambie doesn't know a baseball from a grape. I like to get my baseball firsthand. Fanny, you wait till the new radios come out. I'll buy the best double reversible combination radio made. Absolutely non-static with FM every AM and PM. <laughs> You'll probably have to wait. My new washing machine and the electric mixer come first. Why the idea, Fanny? You can't hear radio programs on an electric mixer. And whoever heard of getting the Cubs and the Tibers together in a washing machine? Now, <laughs> uh, who do you suppose is calling who we might or might not be home to? Oh, Rudy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Come in. Good afternoon, Mrs. Neb. Hello, Mr. Neb. Oh, hello, Buck. Howdy, Buck. Jeepers, Mr. Neb, what are you making? An atomic bomb? An atomic bomb. No, I'm not. Oh. Is Junior home? No, he isn't, Buck. He went over to see Donna for a while. Hey, what's the matter with Junior lately, Mrs. Neb? All he thinks about is girls. Well, Buck, there comes a time in the life of every man when, as the poet says, uh, uh, what was it the poet said, Fanny? No, I'm sure I don't know. But when that time comes and a boy starts thinking about girls, like the taxes that's here to stay. <laughs> Jeepers, you mean they never snap out of it? Rarely, but rarely. And if they do, they usually snap back in again. Uh, gee whiz, I'd rather play baseball. Ah, uh, now you're talking, Buck. Oh, say, uh, how's the World Series going? I don't know. I came over here to listen because Mom won't let me tune in the ball game. She thinks it's too brutal the way they keep knocking out the pitchers. I see. And Junior went over to Donna's to listen to hers. Well, what's the matter with your radio? What's the matter with it? Don't you see these parts all over the floor? Golly, did it explode? Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Nib scattered it without any help. Um, uh, there was a loose connection, Buck, and one thing led to another until the whole thing got loose. Well, seems that there was uh, just a general giving away of all the tissue. Ah, but don't worry, son. I'll have that game coming in again before Charlie Grimm can chase another umpire. Stand back, Fanny. Maybe I ought to mention that I've built two radios myself, including condensers, antennae, loudspeakers. Uh, you don't say. Sure. I get standard, short wave, medium wave. Everything but a permanent, eh, Buck? <laughs> well, I almost got a permanent once, too. By mistake, I grabbed hold of a high-tension wire. Well, <laughs> my boy, it's fine if you're born a live wire, but don't ever try to pick it up. No, sir. But I'll be glad to help you fix your radio, Mr. Ned. Oh, no, no, no. I can fix it. Are you sure, Rudy? Why, of course, my love. It's quite simple. This tube here, it goes into, uh, uh... No, it, it goes into... Uh, uh, doesn't it go into there, Mr. Uh, Neff? Yes, that's just what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> then, now, this part fits into... Uh, let me see. It uh... It fits right into here, Mr. Neff. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Now, <clears throat> uh, hand me those pliers, Buck. Sure, here. Ah, thanks. Now, I'll just snip this wire off a little here. 
Oh, hey, Mr. Neb, you shouldn't have done that. Huh? What? You cut the cord that plugs into the wall socket. Oh. It probably got in his way, Buck. Let me show you how that goes, Mr. Neb. You better let me have the pliers. Okay, my boy. I'll take over again when you get tired. You're a very talented boy, Buck. Uh, you play the piano, too, don't you? A little. Say, I didn't know that. You play by ear or by note, Buck? By note, Mr. Neb. Uh-huh. Now, how many notes are there on your piano? Fifteen on ours. We pay one every month. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a wife or a mother, take a good look at your men folk. Do you notice signs of nervousness, circles under the eyes, worry and overwork? Do they complain of sleep being interrupted, nervousness or rheumatic pains? These symptoms may be caused by excess acid. Well, there's nothing organically or systemically wrong. The medicine calls Systex. C-Y-S-T-E-X usually goes to work right now, helping nature clear away excess acids and poisons. You must discover Systex to be a quick and easy way to help remove excess acids through the blood, or your money back is guaranteed on return of the empty package. Get Systex, C-Y-S-T-E-X, and take it as directed with a glass of water after each meal. See how much better you feel tomorrow. to the nebs. Oh, Buck, uh, how are we doing with the radio? Well, right now I gotta check your terminals. And you had the tuning condenser where the dynamic speaker ought to be. Is that so? I guess I'm getting nearsighted. We'll have that ball game tuned in in a few minutes, Mr. Neb. Buck, that was a darling hat your mother was wearing last week. Do you happen to know where she got it? No, Mrs. Neb. But Dad said wherever she got it, she should give it back to them. <laughs> now, Fanny, don't interrupt. I'll have to change the tubes around a bit differently from the way you had them, Mr. Nib. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised, Buck, if you became a great inventor, like Mr. Edison. Fanny, will you please be quiet? Well, Mr. Edison was pretty good, all right. Hold this, will you, Mr. Nib? Didn't Edison invent the first talking machine? No, Fanny, not the first one, but he did invent one that could be shut off. <laughs> Fanny, answer the phone, will you? And find out what the score is. Hello? Yes, dear. Oh, just a moment. It's Junior Buck. He wants to talk to you. Ah, oh, gee, thanks. Excuse me a minute. Now tell him to make it snappy, Buck. Hello? Junior? Hey, Buck, how'd you like to come over to Donna's house for a while? Well, jeepers, Junior. You've got Donna. What do you need me for? Well, I don't exactly need you, but Donna's got a girlfriend. Ah, oh, but, Junior, I wanted to listen to the ball game. Well, I just found out there's something more fun than baseball. <laughs> uh-uh. It couldn't be. Besides, right now, I'm fixing your dad's radio. Tell him to hang up, Buck. Your father says to hang up, Junior. Oh, come on over, Buck. Donna's serving ice cream. Okay, you talk me into it. Goodbye, Junior. Come on, Buck. We're losing time. That series game won't wait. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Neb, but i got to go over to Donna's house and do Junior a favor. Why, you can't go off and leave my radio in this condition. We'll have it working in just a few minutes. But, Mr. Neb, you said you'd take over when I got tired. And I think I'm tired right now. <laughs> You're tired. Yeah, I think I need some refreshments. I'll see you later, Mr. Neb. Goodbye. Well, how do you like that? Here I sit in the middle of the floor, in the middle of a country that has the finest communications in the world. We got telephones, television, teletype, and I can't tell what's happening between the tigers and the cubs. <laughs> oh, well, stop fuming and get busy or you'll never get that radio fixed. Yeah, they call this a free country with free speech. Everybody's supposed to know what's going on. I pay my taxes, don't I? But do I know the score? It seems like we mentioned that before. I'm talking about the ball game, Fanny, and I'm thinking about... Oh. Come in. Fanny. 
Fanny, why do you always tell everybody to come in when you don't know who's at the door? If it wasn't Sunday, I might be working here in my undershirt. <laughs> well, come in, Obie. Rudy, it's Obie Slider. Oh. Hello, Fanny. What's our eyes doing? Come in and sit down, short change. Do you know anything about a radio? Well, I know enough about one to let it alone. What's the trouble? Uh, Rudy found a loose connection. Well, I knew he had one. <laughs> Never thought he'd find it. No wonder those correspondence courses Rudy took years ago didn't do him any good. Uh, Fanny, don't pay any attention to that waddling old gander. Correspondence courses? Oh, B, has Rudy been holding out something on me? No. No, but he thought the correspondence schools were holding out on him. Oh. Oh, I'll never forget the letter he wrote when he graduated. Obie, Obie, will you please be quiet? He wrote, Dear Sir, I've taken all your courses. Now, where's the brains you promised me? <laughs> well, you antiquated angleworm, if you're so brainy, why don't you get down here and help me before the ball game's over? It's probably about the last half of the seventh inning by now. The last half of the seventh? Yeah. Well, time to stretch. I don't know why I'm always so tired on Sunday, unless it's from wading through them big Sunday papers. You're tired. How about me? This afternoon I've lost ten pounds, three screwdrivers, and most of my interest in the ball game. Uh, where's Junior? Was he smart enough to go someplace else to listen to the game? Junior heard the call of the wild. He went over to Donna's. Oh. Well, look, nothing ball. Uh, if you're so anxious to hear the World Series, why don't we go over to my house? Huh? We can hear the finish from there. Why, well, I hope you find... Well, why didn't you think of that before? Yeah, Fanny, would you like to come along? No, thank you, Rudy. I'd rather take a nap. Well, let's go, Rudy. There's nobody at my house but my good wife, Hepsy. <laughs> In anybody's house, Obie, your good wife, Hepsy, would be quite enough. Well, we can listen to the game nice and quiet here, Rudy. Oh, sounds like Hepsy's already got the radio warmed up. Yeah. Sounds like he might be on fire. I guess Hepsi's out in the kitchen. Must be why it's turned on so loud. Uh, just sit down, Rudy. I'll switch to the ball game. We have a wonderful recipe sent in by Mrs. Fred Howard of Baltimore, Maryland, for Veronica Lake pea soup. <laughs> in case you're wondering why we call it Veronica Lake pea soup, it's because we use one-eyed peas. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Obie, hurry up and get the game. Well, I thought at first that I had it, and the umpire was in the soup. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, that was one of the most terrific drives ever smacked off a bat in this man's ballpark. With the bases loaded... Obadiah! Oh, hello, Hepsi. What's the big idea? Well, were you speaking to me? I was not. I was yelling at you. <laughs> Good afternoon, Hepsi. Oh, howdy, Rudy. Obadiah, what did you turn the opera off for? Well, uh, Rudy and I wanted to listen to the World Series baseball game. Did you get it? Yep, we got it when you... Well, uh... what did you have when you got it? Well, honey bun, we had the bases loaded and... What were they loaded with? We never found out. <laughs> we don't know if they were the Cubs or the Tigers. Cubs or Tigers? And say, Obadiah, when did they start broadcasting circuses? Pepsi, Pepsi, you don't understand. Greenberg picked on a cripple, he knocked it out of the park, and he drove three tigers home ahead of him. What is he, an animal trainer? No, Pepsi, that isn't the idea. We're talking about a ball game that's being played right this minute in Chicago. Then why don't they play ball and leave those poor animals alone? Let's go, Rudy, before she writes to the Humane Society. Oh, no. You two could just sit there and listen to something good. I'll get that offer again. I'm going back to the kitchen. I'm baking a pie. Well, take your time, Hepsi, I hope. I'll be back to visit me, Rudy. 
Uh, don't hurry, Hepsy. Hey, look, Rudy, can you sing? Well, sometimes I do a little harmonizing in Herb's Barbershop. Well, then I'll switch the radio back to the ball game and get the score while you sing like this here opera, heaven forbid. Well, I, I guess that's better than missing the game entirely. <laughs> me, 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 me. Well, it looks like there's an argument down there on the field. Yes, the infield has come into the plate to talk it over with the umpire, so we'll take the time to recapitulate the score inning by inning. Start singing, will you? Hold that tiger. 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 What incarnation are you doing with that radio? Uh, static, Pepsi. Yeah, awful lot of like static. It. Looks like a thunderstorm's coming up. <laughs> and not far off, either. Obadiah, get away from that radio. Now, Hepsy, all we want to do is find out the score. Rudy went and broke his radio. Well, if you two don't get out of here, I'm going to break this one. Now, Hepsy, before you do anything rash, I want you to get one thing straight. And what's that, Obadiah? Rudy and I... We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of the thousands of people who don't drink enough water? If so, here's a health tip. Drink a glass of cool, pure water after every meal. At the same time, take two tasteless, sugar-coated little tablets of Systex. The Systex you see goes right along with the water and helps nature clear away excess acid, which, if too concentrated and allowed to accumulate, may cause rheumatic pains, loss of energy, make you nervous, and what is of prime importance may interrupt your sleep. So if you feel tired, run down, and old before your time... Why don't you try taking Systex? C-Y-S-T-E-X with a full glass of water after each meal. When there's no organic or systemic cause, Systex usually goes to work right now, helping nature eliminate excess acids and poisons through the bloodstream. And this aid to nature in filtering and cleansing the blood may bring more restful sleep, a quick increase in vitality, help to make rheumatic pain subside, actually make you look and feel years younger. This much is certain. Systex must satisfy you in every way, do far more for you than you expect, or you simply return the empty package and your money back is guaranteed. So get money back, guaranteed Systex. C-Y-S-T-E-X from your druggist today. Take it with a glass of water after each meal. See how quickly it puts you on the road to feeling like new again. Now back to our story with Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as Rudy and Fanny Neb. Well, Rudy, you and Obie came back in a hurry. Is the ball game over? How in the world would I know? Hello, Fanny. Uh, looks like I'm going to have to help Rudy fix his radio. My goodness, what happened? Well, Hepsi wanted to listen to the opera. And just when Greenberg was about to hit a homer. Well, I don't blame her. Opera is much better than listening to somebody hitting poor Homer. Oh. <laughs> You're all alike. Come on, Obi. If we work fast, there's still time to reassemble this radio and pick up the last part of the game. Well, right now, I must say, the game is sure spread all over the floor. <laughs> oh, there goes that bell again. Maybe it's somebody who knows the score. Coming. Well, it's Herb. Uh, howdy, folks, howdy. How come you're not at the barbershop, Herbie? Can't see why I should be at the barbershop. Can't see why. It's Sunday. Or what day is it? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's right. I forgot. Herb, what's the score? Score? Uh, what score? Oh, the score, yes. Uh, what's that? The score of the baseball game. Oh, the baseball game. Never listened to baseball games. Always got my ear to the ground, though. Uh, sounds like you got it in the mud. 
Herb, don't you know the Chicago Cubs and the Detroit Tigers are deciding who's to be the world's champion? Can't say as I do. No, can't say. Thought Joe Lewis was world's champion. <laughs> Herb, I think you keep up with sports just about like I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Up with one last night. <laughs> sure you <laughs> are. Rather go to bed, though. Oh, you don't have to. You're asleep right now. We're trying to fix the radio so we can find out how the game's going. Oh, yeah. Wish it said so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wish you had. Might have had it all fixed while you were, um, yeah, uh, no, don't think it would. No, sure. <laughs> do, do you know how to fix a radio? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yes, so, yes, so. Well, let's me see, Rudy. How's that dude you got working? You got right there. It doesn't. That gadget Obie's putting put on there is too tight for the thingamabob. Besides, Herb, that she bang under the doodiddle squeak. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, better twist around, twist around. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, fine, just fine. Don't think it did any good. Hey, we'll, we'll have this radio working in no time. What'll I do now, Herbie? Oh, let me see now. Let me see. Had it right on the tip of tongue. Right on the tip of it, and it fell off, though. No. <laughs> That's a screwdriver you got in your mouth, though. Oh, yes, yes. Just what I wanted, eh? Yeah, yeah. Obey, hold the screwdriver. Yeah, got it. Uh, Rudy, you uh, get the chisel and hammer. That's your thing, Herb. Yeah, I guess so. Now you knock off that little doodle ear. No good anyway. This gadget here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here goes. Say, we got the darn thing together. Ah, now we'll find out what the score is. It works. By golly, it works. Well, maybe if I turn this thing half. No, Herb. No, let it alone. It's working fine. Herb! Well, well, Chibasta, what's that sticking out of your mouth, Rudy? Tube or the loudspeaker? What did you do to her? Did you give him a hot foot? No, Junior, I didn't, but I'd like to after what he did to our radio. But have you, by any chance, heard anything about the ball game? Who's pitching now? Well, Donna and I have been pitching a little woo, if that's what you... No, no, the ball game. How's it going? I don't know, Dad. How is it going? Go on, Rudy. Tell him. How's it going? If I knew, I wouldn't be asking. You can look at my radio and tell I don't know anything. Never a truer word spoken. <laughs> oh, Mr. Neb, that's awful. Oh, Buck, come and look at Mr. Neb's radio. Jeepers, Mr. Neb, haven't you made any progress with that radio at oh, all? Oh, Buck, come on and help us put this thing together. If ever there was a time you were needed, it's now. And that's what Buck's afraid of, Pop. Mm, yes, Mr. Neb. Why, we left my ice cream party because Buck's conscience was hurting him for leaving you alone with the radio. Oh, it wasn't my conscience. It was my stomach. <laughs> Buck, Buck, I'll make you a proposition. You fix this radio so I can hear whatever's left of the game and name your price. Money's no object. Well, you make it enough so it will be an object? I'll give you a dollar. Cheapskate. Obi, you be quiet. Oh, but Rudy, give Buck a chance to figure whether he wants to contract for the whole job or do it piecework. Well, it'll cost you more than a dollar if I charge by the piece. Well, I'm in a hurry. I'll give you three dollars. Three and a half. Four dollars. Who'll make it five? Five it is. I'll be very happy to fix it for five dollars, Mr. Neb. All right. Hey... How did the price get up so fast? I was bidding against you, Owlite. <laughs> Obi, how I ever picked you for a business partner, I'll never know. Well, don't pat yourself on the back for that. It was my idea. Now, but get busy. Obi and I'll help. We'll all help. Oh, you don't have to, Mr. Neb. Five dollars is all the help I'll need. But, Pop, Buck and I want to play catch, don't we, Buck? Well, Junior, you see... Well, Junior, please don't talk to Buck. Never bother a man when he's busy. Uh, uh, get busy, Buck. I'm busy, Mr. Neb. 
gee, Pop, what can I have to play catch today on account of tomorrow is school, and I can't take my new glove to school on account of Mickey Dooley won't let me play with him. And he won't let you play with your own baseball glove? No. He takes it away from me, or else there's a fight. Junior Ned, you stand up for your rights. Oh, he does, Donna, until Mickey knocks him down. <laughs> Junior, what's Mickey got that you haven't got? Well, I've took. Oh. <laughs> Why, Junior, when I was your age, I could lick any fellow twice my size. Yes, sir. In my neighborhood, I was kingpin. Mm, from kingpin to pinhead in one easy lesson. <laughs> Well, come on, Rudy. Let's get out of here and let Buck and Junior fix the radio. To think that right now Hank Greenberg may be blasting that old horse hide all over Chicago. Rudy, why all this sudden interest in baseball? What do you mean, sudden interest? Baseball's the great American pastime, isn't it? Why, I was weaned on baseball. I cut my teeth on horse hide. Are you sure it was horse hide? What do you mean, was it horse hide? Oh, nothing. Only you bray so much. <laughs> uh, how's that radio coming, Buck? Okay. Rudy, I'll bet you couldn't hit a baseball with a canoe paddle if the ball was the canoe and you were sitting in it. Is that so? Yes, that's so. Ah, Junior, give me your glove and ball. All right, Pop. Catch. Uh-oh. See, Rudy, what to tell you? Well, I didn't have my glasses on. Come on, Obie. While Buck's fixing the radio, you step outside with me and I'll show you some big league stuff. Okay, Greenberg. Oh, Pop, can I come out and play, too? Now, Junior, you either help Buck entertain Donna or study your homework for school tomorrow. That's right, Junior. Rudy wants you to be smart so he'll make a good impression on that pretty teacher you got. You mean Miss Whitaker? That's the one. Oh! Obi, Obi, hush up. Oh, that Miss Whitaker is the only woman I've ever seen who can make a pair of false eyelashes look honest. Obi, <laughs> let's go outside and play ball. Coming, Father. But that Miss Whitaker. Oh, jeepers, I'm glad they've gone. Now maybe we can get this radio fixed. I don't think Mr. Slider makes a very interesting wolf. Do you? No, his howl has a crack in it. You shouldn't say that, Junior. Unless you're jealous, of course. Me? Jealous? Now, Donna, don't get the wrong impression. Anyway, Miss Whitaker is practically an old maid. Why, she must be 22. Why, some girls can be very attractive at 22. With the right makeup and false eyelashes like Miss Whitaker's. Well, gosh, maybe she can't help it. Maybe she's got bald eyelids. <laughs> Listen, kids, how about helping me concentrate on fixing this radio? Sure. Anyway, Donna, I'm practically not at all interested in Miss Whitaker simply because she happens to be my teacher, am I, Buck? Junior Neb, how long do you intend to remain in the 10th grade? I think that depends on how long Miss Whitaker intends teaching it. <laughs> Buck, you just be good enough to concentrate on that radio. You're getting five dollars for fixing it. So everybody's happy. I'll have five dollars and you'll have a date with Donna. Not if he stays in the tenth grade. Oh, I'm tired. Rudy, why don't you get Junior out here to pitch to you? Junior's pitching inside. Come on, Obie. We haven't done anything since we came out here but sit in the shade. Well, I'm the reminiscing type. Got nothing left but memories. I'm getting too old to remember them. <laughs> Come on out here. Okay. Ah, <laughs> boy. Feels good to put on a baseball glove again, eh? Hubba, hubba, hubba. You ought to wear a baseball glove all the time, Rudy. You got nothing but thumbs. Ah. Now, listen, half pint. You just wind up and shoot the ball to me. Okay. Here she comes. <clears throat> that, that one slipped through. Hey, why don't you throw the glove away and get a bucket? Come on and play ball. Come on, throw me another one. All right, you ask for it. Here's the curve, high and on the outside. Ow! You threw a bean ball. Make a note to get a suit of armor. Where, where did that ball go? 
Well, you can't find it while you're counting stars. All right, O.B. Slider. I'd just like to see you do that again. It'll be a pleasure! Oh, Mr. Nab! Oh, Mr. Nab! Hey, Pop, can I catch a few now? Stand back, Junior. I haven't got the kinks out yet. Hey, Mr. Nab, you wanted to get the... Now, kids, you've got all week to play ball. It looks like Obie and I could take over for just one afternoon. Well, I've had enough, Rudy. Let them play. Let them play, he says. Why, Obie, you remember the fellows who perfected that famous triple play, Tinker to Evers to Chance? I don't know anything about Stinky or if he ever took a chance. Oh, Mr. Nab, Mr. Nab, you said you wanted to... Well, they never would have been famous if they hadn't practiced, would they? Play ball. But, Pop... Quiet, Junior. You just sit down there and warm the base. Mr. Nim, you've got to listen. What's the matter, Buck? Can't you fix that darn radio? Well, that's what Buck's been trying to tell you, Mr. Huh? Nim. The radio's fixed, and you can get the World Series. Well, why didn't you say so? Move over, Nim. You're blocking the traffic. I've waited all day for this moment. Here, here now. I'll turn it on. And that, ladies and gentlemen, winds up our World Series broadcast for today. <laughs> We'll be back in just a moment. Faith and hope are two important characteristics necessary to health, happiness, and success. Without hope, we lack the courage to try. Without faith, we give up too soon. So if you feel tired, nervous, run down, worn out, older than your years, if you suffer from rheumatic pains or if your sleep is frequently disturbed without organic or systemic cause, I firmly believe that you have a great deal to gain by pinning your faith and hope on Systex. C-Y-S-T-E-X. You see... Systex is a doctor's formula designed to aid nature in clearing away excess acids and accumulated body poisons, which may be the unsuspected cause of a wide variety of pains, aches, physical discomfort, and lack of energy. Thousands of men and women in the United States and throughout the world who were tired and discouraged are now finding new joy in living simply because they had hope and tried Systex. This much is certain. Systex must help you quickly and surely must prove worth far more than the small cost, or you simply return the empty package and your money back is guaranteed. So get money back, guaranteed Systex from your druggist today. Take it exactly as directed with a glass of water after each meal. See how quickly it puts you on the road to feeling like new again. And now, here are the nets. Rudy, are you still fooling with that radio? I thought Buck fixed it. He did, Fanny, and it cost me $5. Oh, well, stop brooding over it. Well, it isn't the $5. It's just that I've lost confidence in this radio. What a strange thing to say. Oh, I always thought a man's radio was like his dog, a companion to him, always right there, the snap of a switch wagging its air. You know? I see what you mean, Rudy, but please stop brooding. When a man hasn't a friend in the world, when nobody ever speaks to him, his radio will talk. Talk, even sing to him. Oh, you're wasting an awful lot of sentiment on that radio. Not anymore, Fanny. I'm disillusioned. This thing let me down today at an important time, like the World Series. All right, Rudy. You can have your new radio, and I'll wait for my washing machine. Why, thanks, Fanny. Well, after all, a washing machine is nothing but a tub and a washboard with a motor on it. But, Rudy, I'm tired of being the motor. <laughs> Join us next Sunday, same time, when Sistex again presents Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as the next.
you'd like to attend one of these broadcasts and see Gene and Kathleen Lockhart in person, like to radio station KHJ Los Angeles 38 for tickets. And that's created by Saul Hess and are supervised for radio by the Bears. This is Tom Dixon saying goodbye for Sistak. Read the nebs every day in the Los Angeles Examiner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sistax presents The Neb, starring Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as Rudy and Fanny Neb. <laughs> the Neb, straight from America's famous comic strip, with Junior, Obie Slider, and all the others you laughed, worried, and attentioned with for 22 years. Dinner is finished in the Neb home, and now Fanny and Rudy Neb are in the living room, each occupied with a favorite page of the evening paper. The bride wore her great-grandmother's wedding gown of chantilly lace, long white satin mitts, and an orange blossom halo. Hmm? Uh, hello. Rudy, are you listening? Hmm? Yeah? <laughs> I remember when her grandmother wore it. And if that wedding gown looks like lace, it's because the moths have been in it. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, here's a darling coat. Listen, dear. It says gray wool... Platinum fox trimmed, guaranteed to turn heads your way. Would you like that, dear? No, no fudge, Fanny. <laughs> Rudy Neb, you haven't listened to a word I've said. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I beg your pardon, Fanny. Um, you know, I was just thinking, it may be years before we know how this turns out. What turns out? Why, whether or not Sally Toodles will ever marry Blackie. <laughs> oh, dear. A little while ago, you were wondering about that character who worked for the soap company. A lot of characters work for soap companies. Joan Davis, Kay Kaiser. Oh, I don't mean on the radio. I'm thinking of that fellow B.O. Plenty. Why? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fanny, you don't keep abreast of the news at all. Now, B.O. Plenty was a... Oh, uh... Mom, hiya, Pop. Junior, where on earth have you been? Yeah, yes, son. It's getting late. Isn't it about time you did your homework? Oh, I finished my homework over at Donna's. I'd have been here sooner, but I had to tell Donna goodnight. Junior... When I was courting your mother, it didn't take me that long to say goodnight. Yeah, but I learned how by watching Van Johnson. <laughs> if I remember correctly, Rudy, you could have stood a few lessons. Oh, no, <laughs> Fanny. Oh, that's all right, dear. Times have changed. I'll say they have. Why, when I was a boy, I used to walk five miles to school and five miles back. And when I got home, I chopped the cow, milked the wood. Now, Rudy. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean. And when I'd finished getting in the wood, I studied my lessons by the dim light of an oil lamp. Jeepers, Pop, no wonder you didn't learn much. Junior. <laughs> Young man, I'll have you know people were just as smart then as they are now. And then why didn't they have electric lights and DDT? No. <laughs> Junior, 
you've got the wrong answer for everything, in spite of all your advantages. Good schools, public libraries... Oh, oh that reminds me. Huh? Um, the public library has an ad in tonight's paper asking people to donate any worthwhile books they may have laying around. Is that so? Hey, they can have my geometry. Junior, you need your school books much worse than the library does. Yes, sir. You hang on to that geometry book. You never can tell. Someday you may want to be a doctor. Oh, Pop. Geometry isn't for doctors. It's for architects and carpenters and anybody who works with rulers and saws and tools. Well, doctors use saws and tools. <laughs> you should have seen the saw they used on my tonsillectomy. <laughs> we must have a few good books around here that we could give to the library. Why, of course, Fanny. Now, I'd like to help the library, but off and on I've had ambitions to build up a nice private collection of books for myself. But, Pop, you never read books. Why don't you take and... Junior... I'm thinking about you. If we had a nice library here at home, you wouldn't have to go all the way over to Donna's house to do your homework. Gee, Pop, get hep. Do you think I go over to Donna's to read books? <laughs> well, Rudy, you can certainly part with that old set of books in the attic. Uh, are those books still in the attic? I wondered what had become of the Rover Boys. That stuff is corn on square cobs. Anyway, I didn't mean the Rover Boys. There are about 20 volumes of big books in the attic. They've been put away for years. Mm. Why can't Junior take them down to the library on his way to school? Why, he can, Fanny. We've got to support our public library. He can take them there tomorrow morning. 20 volumes? That's mm. all right, Junior. You can make several trips and get Buck to help you. All right, Mom. Uh, by the way, Fanny, I don't seem to remember which set of books that is. Uh, what's the title? Oh, they're books you've owned since before we were married, Rudy. Uh, I think they're books about animals. Oh, yes, I remember when I bought those. <laughs> I thought wildlife sounded mighty interesting. <laughs> we'll return to the nabs in just a moment. Have you wondered what may cause you or some of your loved ones to feel run down, nervous, and half alive? There is a very common trouble that hits some of us at times, an increase in excess acids and poisons which should be removed through the bloodstream. They may undermine your vitality, interrupt your sleep, cause rheumatic pains, and make you feel old before your time. When there is no organic or systemic cause, the medicine called Cystex, C-Y-S-T-E-X, usually goes to work right now, helping nature clear away these excess acids and poisons through the bloodstream. Stimulating this cleansing and purifying action may easily bring you better sleep and make you feel younger, stronger, and better than you have for years. So if excess acids make you feel run down and half alive, try Cystex. Get Cystex from your druggist and take it exactly as directed with a glass of water after each meal, under the positive guarantee of money back on return of empty package unless completely satisfied. See how much better you feel tomorrow. Now, back to the Nevs. You're a real pal, Buck, to help me get Pop's books to the library this morning. Whew, they're sure getting heavy. Well, you can put them down now. Oh, okay. Hey, didn't you carry any? Sure, your chemistry book. Here, take it. I'm tired, too. Good morning, Junior and Buck. Well, what have we here? Good morning, Miss Witherspoon. Miss Witherspoon, my father wants to donate his books to the library. Oh, splendid, Junior, splendid. My, what an impressive collection. Oh, this isn't all of them, but it's all that Junior could carry. Pop has a lot more at home. Really? 
Well, that's wonderful of your father. But we don't have time to bring the rest right away. On account we'll be late for school. Unless you could write a note to school asking them to excuse us a day in the interest of liberal education. <laughs> well, I wouldn't think of asking you boys to bring all of Mr. Neb's books to the library. But since Mr. Neb has been so generous, the least we can do is arrange to have the rest of them picked up, Junior. Mm, that's very kind of you, Miss Witherspoon. Isn't it, Buck? Yeah, but it would be kinder if you could get us excused from school. Well. <laughs> now, Buck, you and Junior run along, and thank you so much. I'll see that Mr. Neb gets proper credit for being such a public-spirited citizen. The library needs good, wholesome books. So many books these days aren't fit for our young people to read. Yeah, I know. I've read some of them. <laughs> Hello? Yes, this is Sylvia Appleby. You've been trying to get me all morning? Well, my phone has been so busy, this is the first time it's had a chance to ring. <laughs> you know, I did so want to talk to you at our club meeting yesterday, but everybody was there, so there was no one to talk about. <laughs> oh, say, listen, dearie, have you heard what Rudy Neb is doing? He's donating all of his books to the public library. Huh? Why? <laughs> oh, at his age, I suppose he's given up trying to learn to read. <laughs> Web right away. Goodbye. Come in. Oh, my. Good morning, Fanny, darling. Hi, Sylvia. What's the matter? Oh, I'm just completely out of breath. No, at last. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Oh, Fanny, the marvelous thing Rudy Ned is doing for this town has everybody thrilled. Really? I thought Rudy was long past the point where he could thrill anybody. <laughs> well, now, the trouble with you and Rudy is... <laughs> oh, <laughs> the trouble with you and Rudy is that you're entirely too modest. Now, I always say give credit where credit is due. And by the same token, if there's any blame to be placed, let them which are to be blamed be blamed. Uh, don't you see? And I'll do all in my power to see that they are. Well, what has Rudy done now? I'm talking about Rudy giving his library to the city. Oh, those books. Oh, Junior took some to the library this morning. Mm, well, I know all about it, you see. <laughs> yes, Sadie Witherspoon, librarian, told Hepsi Slider, and Hepsi called Emma Gruntley, and Emma Gruntley called me and said that the library was going to have the rest of Rudy's books picked up this afternoon. Oh, the yes. library shouldn't go to all that trouble. Junior could take the rest of them after school. And, uh, <clears throat> Fanny... Before the library gets all your books, I'd like to get one here that belongs to me. Uh, you remember that one, don't you? Do I have a book of yours, Sylvia? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly, Fanny. You know the book. I'm afraid I don't. Uh, uh, anyway, I haven't read it. What's the name of it? What's the name of the book? Why, Fanny, come closer. Forever Amber. Has that book been in my house all this time and I haven't read it? <laughs> well, I I'll just have to take it along. It'll soon be time to get into my heavy winter reading. <laughs> and besides, there's a shortage of coal. <laughs> Fanny. Oh, uh, Fanny. In here, Rudy. Uh, well, hello, Hi, Sylvia. Hello, <laughs> Sylvia. Uh, what do you know that's come up that somebody'd like to live down? Well, uh, I've telling Fanny how I admired your generous civic gesture, giving well, all of your books to the public library. Well, Sylvia, I figured more of our young people ought to know about wild life. Wild life? Why, 
sakes alive, Rudy Ned. Oh, he's talking about wild game, Sylvia. Animals. Uh, well, it's oh. a natural mistake, Fanny. I made the same one when I bought those books. <laughs> well, anyway, you've got a lot of books here that aren't about animals, and I'm sure the library will be glad to get them. Rudy, you aren't giving all our books to the library, are you? Huh? Why, of course not, Fanny. Where'd you get that idea? Well, she got it from me, and I got it from sources usually considered reliable. Ah, uh, Sylvia, don't believe everything you hear. Oh, not me. I just pass it on. I wonder if anybody else has heard it. Uh, yes, the newspaper. Uh, the newspaper? Yes, indeed. It's all over town by now. Oh, and I'll have to be running along. Uh, that's in case it isn't. <laughs> well, uh, goodbye, Fanny. Goodbye. Oh, wonderful gesture, Rudy. Well, Rudy, what are you going to do about this situation? What am I going to do about it? I'm going to put a stop to such a rumor, Fanny. Just because I offered the library a set of old books doesn't mean they have a mortgage on the whole works. I won't stand for it. Sylvia said the library was sending somebody to pick up the rest of the books this afternoon. Uh, everything that woman hears goes in one ear and over the back fence. <laughs> she was all out of breath over it when she came in. Mm, the trouble with Sylvia is she finds out everything the hard way. Breaking her back, bending over keyholes. Hadn't you better call up the library and explain the whole thing? Explain? What have I got to explain? I'm giving them a set of books. So they get the set of books and that's all. They'll get the rest of my library over my dead body. I'll get it. Hello? Hello? Is this Mr. Neb? Who wants to know? Rudy. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, this is Rudy Neb. Yes. Well, Mr. Neb, this is Miss Witherspoon at the library. Oh, uh, Miss Witherspoon. Yes. Well, I, I was just about to call you. I just wanted to thank you for donating your library to us. Uh, donating my library? Uh, and I want to tell you how grateful we are and that we're sending for your books this afternoon. No, 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 just a minute, Miss Witherspoon. Now, Mr. Neb, don't try to pretend it isn't anything. Uh, it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to our library. Uh, and you're becoming the of our town. Uh, Miss Witherspoon, you've got the wrong cow by the tail. Um, Mr. Neb, you have such a marvelous sense of humor. You know, Andrew Carnegie gave away $200 million. Well, he probably had a lot of relatives. And besides, Andrew Carnegie founded our modern free public library. Then you don't need my library. Why, of course we do. And we're very proud that our most prominent citizen is following in Mr. Carnegie's footsteps. Uh huh. I am. <laughs> Thank you again so, so much. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful, Mr. Neb, and goodbye. Oh, well, Rudy, well. what happened? Uh, Fanny, if uh, Andrew Carnegie can start public libraries, Rudy Neb can finish them. Hello, Fanny. Obie Slider, nice to see you. Hi there, Obie. Well, hello, Rudy. What's the town's big-headed benefactor doing? <clears throat> so you've uh, heard about me donating my library, have you? Oh, yes, yes, everybody's heard about that. Say, uh, what's behind this? Are uh, you trying to get my job as mayor? Fanny, Obie just hates to see me in the limelight. <laughs> but that's human nature for you. I guess Andrew's friends felt the same way about him. Who's Andrew? Andrew, why, a great American, whose counterpart I'm known as in this town. I don't believe I know any Americans that obscure. <laughs> Obie, the librarian, told Rudy he was following in the footsteps of the great American Andrew Carnegie. American? Andrew Carnegie was a Scotchman. He gave away $200 million. Oh, then he wasn't a Scotchman. <laughs> Obie, why don't you stop razzing me and try to think up something constructive to do yourself? It is, besides taking $5 out of the city kitty every time somebody's fined for speeding... 
Well, now, that's an idea. While you're donating to the library, you might give me a little help so I could maybe start a museum. Relics of the town's past, you know. What could I do? Just donate me your old family album, that's all, brother. <laughs> What's the matter, Obie? Are you jealous of my prominence? Oh, no, no, I'm not jealous. But if I was a prominent man like you, I wouldn't pull a cheap trick like giving the city a lot of old second-hand books. No, you wouldn't, eh? No, sir. I'd build them a library. Well, Thumbtack, if you're so public-spirited, why don't you build them a library? Rudy, if you donate all the books I see in this room, and that ain't many... I will build a library. All right. Then you can start laying the cornerstone, my friend, because I'm donating every one of them. Bet you don't. Oh, Slider, I'll bet you any amount and call that bluff. Now put up or shut up. When I put up, you'll shut up. I'll make you build a new library. You name the bet. How about ten dollars? Ah, here. Small change. You're covered. This afternoon, every one of these books goes to the library. Pay me. No, you pay me. Here's a book they don't get because it belongs to me. Oh. Take the money, you chiseler. Yeah, I loaned you this book three years ago when you had to make a speech at that banquet. Remember the title? Among the Humorous and After-Dinner Speakers. Yeah, that was, oh, that was sure a typical banquet, too. Instead of bringing you a vegetable and then the dessert, they had dessert and then the corn. <laughs> it, uh, <clears throat> it seems to me you made a speech, too. Yeah. Ha, <laughs> ha, Oh, did I have them rolling in the aisles. <laughs> yes, and that's another thing. You'll never make me believe you didn't bust your suspenders on purpose. <laughs> and that will continue in just a moment. But first, ask your doctor, and he's likely to tell you that a high percentage of people don't drink enough water. So here's a health tip. Drink a glass of cool, pure water after every meal. At the same time, take two tasteless, sugar-coated little tablets of Sistex. The Sistex, you see, goes right along with the water and helps nature clear away excess acids, which, if too concentrated and if allowed to accumulate, may cause rheumatic pains, loss of energy, make you nervous, and what is of prime importance may interrupt your sleep. So if you feel tired, run down, old before your time, why don't you try taking Sistex? C-Y-S-T-E-X with a full glass of water after each meal. When there is no organic or systemic cause, Cystex usually goes to work right now, helping nature eliminate excess acids and poisons through the bloodstream. And this aid to nature in filtering and cleansing the blood may bring more restful sleep, an almost unbelievable increase in aliveness and vitality, a new spring to your step, a sparkle to your eyes, actually make you feel and look years younger. This much is certain. Cystex must satisfy you in every way, do far more for you than you expect, or you simply return the empty package and your money back is guaranteed. So get money back guaranteed Cystex. C-Y-S-T-E-X from your druggist today. Take it with a glass of water after each meal. See how quickly it puts you on the road to feeling like new again. Now back to our story with Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as Rudy and Fanny Neb. Come on in, Buck. Ah, sure, Junior. I better pick up the books I loaned you before they get mixed up with your father's donation to the library. Yeah, I have two of your detective novels and your book on the art of self-defense. Oh, you mean jujitsu for jerky joints? <laughs> you can take 100 ways to make spending money, too. It didn't help me. Jeepers. I didn't know you had four of my books over here. You didn't? Uh-uh. I always buy the kind of books you can't put down without somebody picking them up. Okay, you'll find your books on the table. Mom and Pop aren't home yet. I guess not. We would have heard your Pop. Golly, 
If I'd known that, I could have invited you over another time and brought Donna this time. Oh, there you go again, Junior. Women are always coming between men. Buck, you may as well know that someday Donna will probably become my wife. It'll be your own fault if you're hanging around her all the time. <laughs> what else can you expect? Well, I don't e- want to expect anything else. Buck, you don't seem to get the idea at all. I guess it's because you're not as mature mentally as I am. Oh, yeah? And why do my school grades average 90 when they have to be awfully generous with you to give you a 70? Let's get back to the subject we were on. If that's all that's on your mind, Junior, why didn't you stay over at the all come on in and feed the jukebox? And I ran out of nickels. Well, you could sit around and chin with the chicks. Buck, why don't you like to clinch a classy chassis and do a little rug cutting? Ah, uh, fuzz off the rug gets up my nose and gives me hay fever. <laughs> if you'd develop an interest in girls, you'd soon forget your hay fever. At least there wouldn't be so much hay in it. But I feel about girls just like I do about elephants. I see practically no similarity between girls and elephants. Even in Fatima Johnson. And she weighs nearly 200. Oh, I'm I'm not talking about size, stupid. Well, how can you feel about girls like you do about elephants? I like to look at them, but I wouldn't like to own one. <laughs> okay, okay. Go ahead and find your books. Well, I've got all four of them. i got to be going now, Junior. Oh, uh, hello, Buck, Junior. Hello, Mr. Neb. Hey, Pop, when did you decide to donate every book we own to the library? Why, uh, just today, son. I'm glad I thought of it, too. Uh, you see, uh, my philanthropies are creating quite a stir in town. That was very nice of you, Mr. Neb. Uh, thank you, Buck. Uh, by the way, did the library send you up to get some of my books? You, you've quite a collection there. Oh, no. Buck didn't want to get his books mixed up with ours. Mm, looks like it might be easier for ours to get mixed up with his. Well, I've got to be going now. So long, Junior. Goodbye, Mr. Neb. Goodbye, Buck. See you tomorrow, Buck. Junior, just where is the public library anyway? Here or in the building it's supposed to be in? What do you mean, Pop? Everybody's coming here for books. Why do you have to go around borrowing everybody's books? Well... You don't see me running all over town begging my friends for books, do you? Oh, Rudy, I'm glad you're home. Oh, hello, Fanny. Oh, dear, that's probably somebody from the library calling for what's left. Coming! Mr. Oh, hello, Donna. Hello, Donna. Hello, Junior. Won't you sit down, dear? Oh, I can't stay, thank you. I was going to call Junior to come over, but Mother thought I could come over here and get away much quicker than Junior could come over to my house and get away. Uh, Mother wanted only dinner. Cheapers, you wanted me to come over to your house, Donna? Yes, and bring back the book you borrowed. Borrowed? What's the matter with his family? I guess we're all just yearning for learning. Uh, what book did he lend, Junior, uh, Donna? What book oh. did you lend, Junior, Donna? Oh, Mrs. Nan, it's the most thrilling, throbbing, terrifically fiery and impetuous love story ever put on paper. Uh, sounds like they should have put it on asbestos. <laughs> Golly, I evidently didn't read it yet. What's the name of it, Donna? Oh, it has dash and verve and boldness and high adventure and... And poignant love under tropic skies. Uh, maybe we've seen it in the movies with Dorothy L'Amour. But for a beautiful love story, it ends so tragically. Well, a lot of them do. I remember that story about Cleopatra, you know, letting a snake bite her because she was in love with Anthony Adverse. Oh. <laughs> Pop, that snake was a character in the Garden of Eden. Where books are concerned, you're both characters. Uh, Junior, get Donna's book for her. Uh, which did you say was your book, Donna? The one where all the girls are in love with a hero, and he has to decide between about 20 of them. So he goes on an adventure and never comes back. Well, I can't say that I blame him. <laughs> Donna, Junior will find your book if you tell him what to look for. Oh, I almost forgot. It's called Woo Me Too. Woo Me Too. Oh, a Chinese story. <laughs> oh, hurry up, Junior. I've got to go back home. Now, Donna, just take it easy. I'll find it, but it may take me a couple of hours. It 
shouldn't, Junior. It's right there on the table in front of your nose. Oh, Mom, you're no help. Well, thanks a million. And, Mr. Neff, I think it's just wonderful of you to give all your books to the library. Oh, Donna, it isn't anything. At least it isn't going to be much. Well, goodbye now. Goodbye. Wait, Donna, and I'll walk home with you. Goodbye. <laughs> well, Rudy, your contribution to the town library is certainly dwindling. I know, I know, Fanny, but what are they trying to do to me? Make me the laughingstock of the town? First, they talk me into giving them my books, and before I can do it, they take them all away from me. Even Hepsi Slider came today and got a cookbook I'd quite forgotten all about. Well, if anybody needs a cookbook, it's Hepsi. But what's happened to the evening paper and the magazines and Junior's comic books? Oh, they were picked up to help the paper drive. Oh, a fine showing I'm going to make. This is a blow to me, Fanny. When Rudy Neb does a thing, he usually does it to a nice golden brown. This time, you burned your fingers. Well, I certainly had visions of making a better contribution than I'll be able to. It just goes to show. You can't depend on your friends in a pinch. They, they'll run right out from under you. But, Rudy, they had a right to. We shouldn't have kept other people's books along. Well, a lot of them have our books, no doubt. Mm, unfortunately, we never kept a list. Well, somebody else looking for a book we borrowed, I guess. Come in. Why, it's Herb. Oh. Yeah, yeah. How do you folks? Hello, Herbie. <clears throat> How's Tricks at the barbershop? Uh, tricks. Oh, yes, yes, Tricks. Uh, only seen one cute one around today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you meant to get long Bob. <laughs> Bob wasn't here, though. <laughs> Herb, you're just in time for dinner. Mm. Uh, would you like to stay and take potluck with us? Uh, thanks, Fanny. Yes, yes. Just love to. Y y never had much luck with pots, though. <laughs> Don't mention luck to me, Herb. Mine's all bad today. My rabbits must be counterfeit. Y y never had any luck with rabbits put either. Carried one for a spell, but it disappeared, yes. Had a rabbit on the end of it. Oh, my. <laughs> Must be easy to lose one that way. <laughs> well, Herb, if you won't stay for dinner, what's on your mind? Oh, yes. Uh, did I say I wouldn't stay for dinner? Uh, yeah, yeah. Ought to keep a great big mouth shut. <laughs> Try that, though. Don't work with that noise. <laughs> I'll go set the table. Junior will be back in a few minutes. Uh, Junior? Oh, oh, Junior, yes, yes. Fine boy, Junior. Town needs more like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he didn't have so many kids now, yes. Junior went over to Amby Potts to return a couple of books, and brother, am I sick of books. Oh, books. Hey, hey, yeah, books, yeah, yes. Had one once, Rudy. Uh, I think you buried it. What? Yeah, yeah. Not you, too. Yes, yes. It's called uh, How to Clip Your Own Hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah got to have it back, you know. Got to burn it. It's not good for my business, no. So that's what you came here for. Uh, no, no, only partly. Favor for Miss Weatherspoon at the library. Come to pick up all your books, Rudy. Yes. Got a truck outside. A truck? Mm-hmm. Don't know whose it is. Just borrowed it. A truck? Yeah, yeah. Books are heavy. You know, you got to have a truck. But, yeah. but, uh, Fanny, what am I going to do? Do what you promised, Rudy. Give him your library. Oh. Okay, Herb. You can take what's left. Yeah, fine, fine. Uh, what is it? My dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> to Rudy's worries in just a moment. If you're a wife or a mother, take a good look at your menfolk. Do you notice signs of nervousness, circles under the eyes, worry and overwork? Do they complain of sleep being interrupted, nervousness or rheumatic pains? Ask yourself, does my husband look years older than he actually is? These symptoms may be caused by excess acids and poisons which should be removed through the bloodstream. When there is nothing organically or systemically wrong, the medicine called Cystex, C-Y-S-T-E-X, usually goes to work right now, helping nature clear away excess acids and poisons. So if you're run down and not up to par, why don't you try Cystex? 
you must discover Systex to be a quick and easy way to help remove excess acids through the blood and to gain increased vitality and better sleep or your money back is guaranteed on return of empty package. Get Systex, C-Y-S-T-E-X, from your druggist today and take it as directed with a glass of water after each meal. See how much better you feel tomorrow. One last minute with the Nebs. Rudy, why are we stopping in the library? Fanny, I just remembered that dictionary we gave them. I had our war bonds hidden in it. Why, Rudy, our savings? Yes, I- I'm glad to give the library a dictionary, but I've got to get back those bonds. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Neb, good morning. Oh, good morning, Miss Witherspoon. Uh, can I be of any help? Uh, you certainly can, Miss Witherspoon. Uh, that dictionary we gave you. Oh, yes, your library. Uh, well, <laughs> may I see it again? Oh, you are fond of it, aren't you? Yes, I mean, no, that, that is, I forgot. And left our war bonds hidden in it. We only want the bonds. Well, certainly, you may have them. Now, here they are, still in the dictionary. Uh, thank you, thank you. And uh, here's something else for you, Mr. Neb. Well, thank you. What is it? It, it says $5.98. It's a bill for keeping the dictionary overtime. Huh? Yes, this book... <laughs> You see, this book already belonged to the library. Oh. <laughs> Join us next Sunday, same time, when Sistex again presents Gene Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart as the next. If you'd like to attend one of our broadcasts and see Gene and Kathleen Lockhart in person, like the radio station KHJ Los Angeles 38 for tickets. The Nebs are created by Saul Hess and supervised the radio by the day. This is Tom Dixon saying goodbye for Sistex. Read the Nebs every day in the Los Angeles Examiner. K-H-J, Los Angeles. I hope you enjoyed those first two episodes of that short-lived classic comedy radio show, The Nebs. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday for part two when we will play the final two episodes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I hope you'll give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. And remember, laughter really is the best medicine. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Blah, blah, blah.